Hey, hello, everyone, and welcome to another auspicious episode of Phil and the Mike. I am Darren Michael, as always. With me, the man who is preparing for his upcoming fight versus Roy Jones Jr., the Mike Tyson of podcasts, Mr. Phil Calise. What's going on? Happy to be here. The intros are still, they're still spot on. I love them. I love them. You know, I'm just, I, I keep trying to come up with something different, something that's going to kind of throw you off balance. I mean, not many people knew that you were, uh, you were fighting Roy Jones Jr. So I, I hope your, uh, your preparation is going Roy. well. Yeah. Yeah, it's going well. I do Pilates on Excellent. Sundays. Excellent. And then, uh, and then uh, I take the rest of the week off to ponder that. <laughs> so that's how, that's how I'm getting ready for well, the big fight. Well, you know what? What's I mean, going on, Pilates friend? is a good workout. I don't know if it's going to be enough to get prepared for a big boxing match uh, against an, uh, an ex-champion. But but hey, whatever you want to do, man, whatever you want to do. How was, uh, how was baseball this weekend? I assume that's all you did. Oh, baseball. We took, uh, we took our first, I, I got my first coaching, uh, coaching loss. Um, oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, on, on uh, Saturday and the boys, uh, boys lost a heartbreaker. So, uh, that was, that was the first loss. There's a lot of firsts. I was telling the boys, a lot of firsts, got a lot of good life lessons here. First loss, first battle with adversity. Yep. Uh, you know, good stuff though. It was fun. It was a good game. And, uh, yeah, it was another weekend at the, uh, the ball fields and, uh, we have one more week like that. This week, as we talk today on yep. Monday, uh, we prepare for uh, the all-star team because, you know, he's doing the double double team. So all-star semifinals tomorrow night. So we have a big game tomorrow night. So we're almost there. We see the uh, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. So it's been a lot. I can so believe it. We're almost wow. there, though. That's, that's too much for me. But nothing like your daughters and dance, though. I mean, they're putting in six days a week every week for like nine yeah. months. Like you know, movie. you know, uh, they do. They both dance a lot. I mean, Brooke dances a, a lot more than Aubrey does. Brooke, I mean, just just on Saturday alone, she got there at ten, and I picked her up at five. So, <clears throat> nothing like uh, going to school all week and doing dance, and then on on Saturday, you know, you do that. But you'll never guess what <laughs> she she loves it, right? She does she enjoy it. it. So. She I, I I think I think, but well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> My wallet doesn't, but. She, so it's it's uh it's good. You'll never guess what I did on Sunday. Um, how was Pilates? Damn. How do you know that every man? I got I got to figure out a way to it's trip just you up. Amazing. It was uh, yeah, it was a heck of a workout. It was a heck of a workout. That's all I got to say. And crazy thing is, man, I'm I think I'm on some kind of streak. There was another man in there, a different guy. Let's go. I, Let's I go. I think it was his first class though. So, and of course, he wasn't on my class. My classes, they refer to it as a jumping class. So all we do is just jump with our – so the the crazy thing was I decided on Saturday I was going to work out. You know, I, I work out different muscle groups whenever I do. And, and Saturday kind of fell on my, my shoulders and legs. So my legs were killing me from the day before. And then I did it again. So uh, it was it it was pretty challenging, but it was it was good. And then I wanted to ask you a question, and I don't want this to come across the right way. So so please, I'm going to try to frame it the best I can. All right. So please, please. so last night we went out to dinner with two other couples. Um, you know, and it, it it's kind of cool because uh, each of the couples has three kids. One of the couples, their daughter is best friends with my older daughter, and the other couple. Their their oldest daughter is best friends with my youngest daughter, and okay. those two couples are best friends. So y- okay. you follow that whole thing. So it's kind of and it's completely random that that happens. So anyway, so it's pretty wild. So anyway, so we're there, and the big discussion at the table was about our server, whether our server <laughs> whether our server was male or female. Uh, so gotcha. you know I. I I don't. I, I'm hoping you can help me because you are the expert when it comes to uh, gender sensitivity. Okay, and I, I just I wanted your advice on how the best way to handle a situation like that. So let me just make a description. So he had a a, a man's voice. Uh, he was very small and slender in size, which doesn't mean anything. Uh, he had very long painted fingernails, and he had long hair. And obviously, his name was not like uh, like like Brian or Phil or you know something like that. It was it was actually I'm not going to say what his name was, but it was a very generic name, like a Jamie, you know that kind of thing. Mm. So mm. you know, so they didn't 
you know, so everybody was kind of going back and forth. Do do we think that this is a man? Do we think this is a woman? Is this somebody that's transitioning? You know, and, and so the big big question around the table was, what sex was this person born as? And and it's just, I I mean, is that an inappropriate inappropriate thing to say? I mean, are we all being really really insensitive just having that conversation? I'm going to have to go to my sensitivity training uh, playbook, okay. um, take a look. And uh, I I mean, listen, this is a conversation. I, I wouldn't enjoy having this conversation at my dinner table. You know, this would not be a conversation I'd necessarily want to have, but something that's very obvious that's going to spark a conversation. It seems pretty natural to think you guys would be chatting about it um, and observing that, right? Anything you observe, you're going to think about. Yeah. So. I think that's just the way life is. I think we're going to see that a little bit more. Um, actually, I have a funny, it made me, you made me think of a funny story about my oldest son, Dominic. Um, this was pre-COVID. Yeah. Uh, we, him and I were at Target and uh, we were checking out. And as we were checking out, I clearly saw someone who was w- wearing women's clothing um, that was portraying like being a you know, a female, yeah. but she yeah. had, but, but, but the person had clearly a beard. Okay. Like, like not like, you know, the very distinguished Aaron Michael beard, but still Thank like you. enough facial hair that it wasn't yeah. uh, very, you couldn't, you could not see it. It was a very obvious. Okay. And what I observed, I said nothing to Dominic and I'm just observing. We're checking out. We didn't have a lot of items. So we weren't there very yep. long, but I'm a, more observing him. Yeah. And he's just looking at this person for a good minute or two. And uh, I say nothing to right. him. I'm waiting to see if he has something to say to right. me. And so we get our items. We get a couple bags. We start walking out. And he goes, hey, Dad. He goes, um, was, was, was that a girl? He was like, because she was, the person was dressed like a girl. But I don't know. And I go, what do you think? And he goes, I don't know, man. But... That's some strange looking girl. <laughs> and uh, I was like, hey, hey, everybody looks a little different, buddy. No problem. I'm like, listen, it looks like a girl to me. So he goes, all right. And, he and that was it. Out. Yeah. I mean, that was it. It wasn't like I was going to draw attention to it and like get into a deep rooted conversation, of course. But it was just funny. Like he observed it. He was like, that's a strange looking girl. But all right. Yeah, you know, right, I, let's go back to playing with Oh, boys. yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. And, 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 and he, here's the thing, man. You know, it, like, like whatever you want to do is fine with me. It doesn't affect my life, whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy, makes you feel comfortable. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's just it just seems like it, I don't think it's wrong for me to to just go there and just think that. I mean, you know, you see something with like like your son, you see something that's very conflicting and, you know, it kind of piques your curiosity. Well, I think it. I think it's. I think it's fair to say, no matter where you stand along the lines of morally or religiously or any of the other stuff, if you just look at it in a vacuum, yeah. it's an observation. If you have a pulse and a heartbeat, you're going to make because yeah. it's different. It's going to stand out. If you walked by a fire, you would take a peek and look to the left and like, all right, something's going on here. That's not what I would expect. If you right. see somebody clearly that's got a manly voice and all the rest of it, but dressed like a woman or vice versa. And it's very apparent. I mean, what would you not observe that? Like, of course you're going to observe that. So it'd be foolish to be like, uh, this has been going on for a hundred years and this is normal. Like, no, it's been going on for like eight seconds and it's not in the mainstream of normalcy until like a minute ago. So you're going to observe it and think, okay, you're going to have a feeling about it one way or the other for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So anyway, anyway, interesting. Very interesting time. I appreciate your uh, your expertise on it, but let's get in. Let, hey. let's, let's get into something else here, okay? If that's all right it. with you. And it's it's. Uh, let's start with a little college football. The week of the upset, and all I can say is, what the heck is going on? I mean, is it just more twenty twenty? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, you know, when you open up, so you, we talked about this and you've been harping on this with the cupcake, the cupcake, the cupcake. Yep. But when you are in this environment where a lot of these teams are not practicing like they would, they didn't have their normal spring, they didn't have their normal even OTAs leading into the season. And then you open up in conference in the case of the SEC, yep. you're still playing a caliber of team that is immensely better 
than your typical cupcake week one, week two opponent that you can work out the kinks and just start to feel good about the team. So I think you're seeing a little of that, right, with the LSU upset to Mississippi State. Um, And I I, want to toot my own horn, and then I'll knock myself in another minute. But (laughs) I was all all over the LSU being overrated. I I, I mean, I said they might finish in the late, uh, you know, in the teens. Um, I think it's going to be a rough year. It may be even worse than that. I think it's going to be a rough year that you're just replacing too many players. That's true. And and Joe Burrow was special, and that's just way too much to replace. Um, and I think in the case of Oklahoma, also Big Twelve. I mean, I know they played a game, but you know that's that's just I think where we're at. I think we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see a chaotic season if they could even get the season yep. in. And um, and I think, you know, like uh, we, we were talking about, like with, with even like Notre Dame, look how weird a season it's going to be. They played two weeks. They got shut down for COVID for a week. Then they took an extended bye for the second week. They haven't practiced. They're, they're going to try to get out there maybe three days before their October 10th yep. game. That's when they're going to get back out there. So that's not normal to take 17 days off mid-season yeah. and then go play yeah. a game. So, I mean, it's just an unusual year. I think the teams that make the, the playoff, maybe the teams that survive and navigate the extenuating circumstances much more than the best four teams. Yeah, you know, the the thing that I loved about about the SEC, you know, we, 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 we picked out some, some games when we talked the other day about the, the ones with the biggest spreads. And in the SEC, anything that had more than a two-touchdown spread did not cover. And I thought that was crazy, including the biggest one, Texas A&M. They, they, they were favored by 31 points over Vanderbilt. Okay, The two teams only scored 29 points total. All right, 17 to 12 was the final, and they were favored by 31 points. I mean, what the heck? But you know what? There were, <clears throat> there were some really cool performances that I saw uh, that I want to talk about. One was a guy named K.J. Costello, who I've never heard about before. But uh, he's the quarterback from Mississippi State, 36 of 60 for 623 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, (laughs) wow. Wow. That's just ridiculous. And then uh, Elijah Moore of Ole Miss, 10 receptions for 227 yards. But the things that I'm most proud of, you know, I am a a big uh, University of Florida fan, have been since 93. So I'm not just jumping on any kind of bandwagon. I've been a Florida fan for a long time. Their quarterback, Kyle Trask, who um, actually up until last year, he was a backup his entire career. High school, he was a backup. College, he was a backup. Their starting quarterback, Felipe Franks, goes down last year. He comes in, has a great rest of the season. Felipe Franks goes to Arkansas, where Arkansas, I think, realized why Florida didn't want him. He's just terrible. But he went 30 for 42, 416 yards with six touchdown passes. Six touchdown passes, nice. and they're all they're all world tight end. A guy named Kyle Pitts had eight receptions for 170 yards and four touchdown pass, four touchdown receptions. He caught five last season. So ah, nice! Wow. So, so I think I think I think the theme of uh, what you just shared there, though, is a couple things. One, the SEC is not your uh, big brothers definitely SEC not. anymore. There's the deep the defense is not yep. what it used to be. I mean, LSU, all the all the uh, NFL products that were produced out of LSU, all the DBs must yeah. be cringing, yeah. cringing watching watching a performance where a quarterback against an yep. LSU defense has yep. those kind yep. of numbers, right? 600 yards passing and 44 points against an LSU. I'm, the Jamal Adams of the world and the Tyron Matthews oh, yeah. and, uh, and, all the, and all the rest of the studs they've produced yep. in the secondary have to be, uh, have to be cringing. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the SEC is not playing the defense they used to play, but they're, they're airing it out. They've gotten a lot of coaches in there with much more open-style offenses, right? Um, and so you're seeing, you're seeing that. Uh, so that's kind of cool. That's that's a little different. Um, but they may not be able to have that feeling where the SEC used to be like the Big 12s, the joke on defense. I think everything is airing out more where, you know, um, the Big 12, I think people are now more emulating the Big 12 more than the yeah. other way around. Yeah. So I think you're seeing the evolution of the spread offense and just getting athletes the ball and not worrying about running and playing good defense. I think you're starting to see that more and more. And I got to say, you were recapping a lot. So my good was how I was clearly, unless LSU does a complete 180 yep. after week one, 
and they got a tough they got a tough schedule. I think There's they're no going to lose a lot. But if LSU if LSU was my good pick to be the uh, yep. overrated team, let's go to my underrated team, my team that I thought was going to surprise the Florida State <laughs> Seminoles. Well, let's see. They are 0-2, and they just got beat down by their rival in-state Miami Hurricanes, 52-10. Their coach, their co- their coach oh. caught COVID and is out oh, for geez. the next three wow. weeks, probably. Their, their team is literally um, fighting every, every second. And I think I probably did a disclaimer with Florida State, which was to say what I liked about them was they had a veteran team and a veteran quarterback in a COVID environment where I yep. thought that would mean a lot. And I think what I cautioned about them was that they they have the ability for things to slip away very quickly, and um, they're not exactly made up of the most disciplined team. So when things go bad, yep. they go really bad. And clearly, that's the Florida State that emerged off of three now bad years in a row. Completely wrong on them. So and there's virtually no chance that this story is written where Florida State comes out of this with a decent season. Yep. So I could already peg my two team, my two picks took two weeks into a season <laughs> to be very right and very wrong. Equally. You know, so, you know, the good the thing is works. they were only down 38 to three at halftime. Yeah. Well, when it goes bad for when any of the Florida schools fall off the map, they like, they, they just fall off yeah. the so quickly. They don't have like, they don't have like seven and five, eight and four. Like Florida state has just fell apart now for now three years. You know, you know, I, listen. As, as, as bad as that that LSU performance was to Mississippi State, I think I think my my ugly for the week has to go to Oklahoma. I mean, you know, they were favored by twenty seven and a half. They lost thirty eight to thirty five to Kansas State, the Kansas State team that had previously just lost to Arkansas State. So, I mean, if you're yeah. if you're if you're Arkansas State, you're feeling pretty pretty good about yourself right now. Hey, listen, if there's three calling cards of Lincoln Riley and he's been given such accolades as being the quarterback whisperer, and in that regard, you can't touch him. That's one of his that's yep. one of his calling cards. He's turned Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray into back to back number yeah, one picks yeah. in the draft. Both of them can't both of them can stand on a stool and not be as tall yep. as like Josh Allen. So they're <laughs> they're small quarterbacks. He's turned them into incredible first first yeah. picks in the drafts. And and through, you know, uh, a little bit of time in the NFL, Baker Mayfield looked like he may be more of a product of Lincoln Riley. And Kyler Murray, obviously, is a freak athlete and maybe he's going to be really good. We'll see. Jur- you know, jury's still out. Um, that's one calling card. Another calling card is Lincoln Riley has not figured out how to get Oklahoma to play any type of defense. Um, so yep. they don't play yep. any. And uh, it shows because they can lose shootouts and they lose and, and they lose every year to a, ga- a game yep. they're not supposed to yep. lose. Sure. So while he's been a great coach and he's been a quarterback whisperer, you can always count them for a, a mind-bogglingly bad loss. And then the other calling card is they sneak into the playoffs because the Pac-12 is so bad that they don't even have yep. a chance to make it. And Oklahoma usually gives up 102 points in their playoff games. So, like, those are the calling cards. Lincoln Riley is a yep. great coach, but – if, if, if we, you know, what is he five years into this role or what, what have you uh, on his very early tombstone as a coach, it's got to say those three things because he hasn't been able to shake any of them. Um, but he, but he does produce quarterbacks and whoever Spencer Rattler is 30 for 41, 387 and four touchdowns. Mr. Rattler looks like he's long on his way to be in the next big Oklahoma quarterback. Yeah. Cause, cause those boys are going to put up numbers yeah, when you play for him. Seriously, so. That's what they do. That's what they do. Well, that's good, man. Good. It was a, it was a fun week of college football. I definitely, uh, I definitely enjoyed it, but let's get into uh to a little, little NFL. And I title this week WTF because I just can't figure out what's going on. And I'm going to start with my WTF by what has gotten into Josh Allen. The man, the man has never thrown for 300 yards. He's got 300-yard passing games in his first three games. The team is 3-0. and Is this guy just – is he actually just really good? I know you and I kind of thought he was, he was just going to be an average player. Is this guy really a stud? Well, if you looked at the comps on Josh Allen coming out of, coming out of college, I mean, there was obviously a lot to be yeah. leery of. I think it's probably fair to say early on Josh Allen – um, probably received the benefit of potentially the Carson Wentz yeah. comp, right? A kid who wasn't the most accurate, but a fairly like a big kid, uh, a kid that you know might be something really special because he has the physical tools. 
but hadn't necessarily translated it in college coming from yep. where they came from. There was, you know, there was some check, you know, red mark, red, red flags there. But on the upside of, of the Josh Allen comp, it's starting to look very eerily similar to he may be the upside of the comps, which I recall hearing. And, and I think it may be right that he's Ben Roethlisberger, like big, huge, strong, big armed guy takes the hits, can run for the first downs, can, can, you know, can, can make plays with his feet, but now his feet are setting up his arm. And as he gets older and as he starts to get more experienced, all that good that he did with his legs is now paying off now where defenses have to respect that. And now he's getting more accurate. He's also got better weapons around him like Roethlisberger had by his, you know, year two, year three seasons. And they got big cannons for arms. And uh, he's starting to look like if I was projecting ahead for the next decade and you were going to re uh re redraft that quarterback yep. class i know everybody's going to take lamar jackson one but you can make a case that for sustainability purposes and translating over yep. the next decade josh allen might yeah, be the best yeah um and yeah. lamar jackson because of his running style and and his obvious things that he needs to improve on and just the risk of quarterbacks that run as much as he does you can make the case that you could go one, one, a, those two, and then forget it. It falls off a cliff when you get to Baker and, you know, and Sam and, uh, and forget Josh, Josh Rosen, who you remember, I infamously said, I did peg that, oh, I did right peg on. that one, but uh, yeah, I think Josh Allen's legit. I think he's legit. They built the yeah, right team did. around him to accentuate yep. his strengths and he's growing into his role. And, it's uh, it's interesting that Buffalo Rams game, which was one of yep. the games we previewed, and it yeah, was a heck yep. of a game. If you see the score, you just think like that was incredible game. They scored at the end. They got a bogus pass interference to set up the final touchdown. Buffalo should have probably yep. lost that game, but they blew a twenty-eight three lead to the Rams and actually gave up the lead in that game. Um, they were up twenty-eight three, and the Rams came back to I take know. the lead I on them that. pretty late. And then Buffalo goes and drives down, gets really, honestly, I like Buffalo. I like Josh Allen. They got a bogus pass yep. interference call. And then and then to their credit, took advantage of it. But um, if Buffalo and Josh Allen are peaking and the stock trend is up, 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 then the Atlanta Falcons have to be down, down, down. Because they collapsed another yep. big lead after doing it last week, this time to Nick Foles of the uh, – Super Bowl uh, hero, backup quarterback for the Eagles, and he does it again and breaks the Falcons' hearts. And, man, if there's not a coach outside of Adam Gase that needs to go, it's oh, the Atlanta coach. It's, that listen, guy's it, go. it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and the funny thing is with the Bears, and I, I, I'm not going <sighs> to – yeah, you know what? I am going to go there. The Bears are 3-0, and 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 I think you kind of laughed me – right off the podcast when I said that I thought they were a uh, surprise team that were going to make the playoffs. So I just want to kind of, kind of throw that in there, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, listen, it's the second game in a row that the bears have won by, by scoring three times in the fourth quarter. You know, we had Trubisky last week throwing three touchdown passes. Now he's, he's super ineffective in the game. They bring in Nick Foles who wasn't overly effective. If you look at his stats, but yeah, he threw three touchdown passes again. I mean, how does this keep happening for an Atlanta Falcons team that's actually not a – they're not a terrible team? Is it just what, – what is no, it about they're, them? They're not a terrible team. But this co- – so, so they're, they're really the I, – I, I compare and contrast it to Gase because if Gase is the team – if Gase is the coach of a team, the New York Jets, who are literally not in a game once yeah. the kickoff starts, and he has, he has 10 double-digit defeats as a head coach in his last 30 yep. games, I believe. Um, which is the most in the NFL. I mean, they're just non-competitive so often. But this Atlanta Falcons coach, dating back to the collapse of the Super Bowl yep. when he was a rookie, has been a part of some of the most epically terrible collapses in games. And it's got to be on his watch that they can't close games out. And they're a team to me that sits there and waits for the other shoe to drop. And yep. they lose with these big leads in games that you just don't see in the NFL. This, that's not you just don't see it that often and they've been a part of two in two weeks in, in yep. the first three um and ever since that super bowl collapse it's kind of been a calling card of theirs like the falcons blow big leads there's no lead that's safe they give up tons of touchdowns they make critical errors and at some point that yep. coach has got to go because they're a way better team than they're playing 
um, yeah. than the record shows. So I think those two coaches could be gone by one of the earliest uh, parts of a season. Usually you don't get rid of a coach until at least, you know, second yep. half of the season. I think Gase, because the Jets are non-competitive and, uh, and the Falcons head coach, I think they got to be gone inside of, you know, by week five. I can't see these. Teams I, I don't know why they guys. would. I mean, you're 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 putting a horrible. Listen, I mean, with, with the Jets, I mean, listen, they don't have much of a team, but I mean, the effort that they're putting out there is just it's just abysmal. I mean, it's 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 just awful. It's just awful. But I, I wanted to get into a couple a uh, couple really good things that I saw the weekend. I'm going to have to give my uh, my good to Russell Wilson. I mean, this guy is just I think he I think he set the record for most touchdown passes in the first three games of the season. He had another five. So. His first three games, he's had five, four, and five touchdown passes. He's got 14 touchdown passes through uh, through three games. And I remember I was talking to you about a guy named Justin Jefferson. Remember we were we had that conversation? I can't remember when that was, but mm-hmm. I said this guy is a beast. Well, they finally decided to get him into the uh, into the game. Well, he plays for uh, God. I'm I'm drawing a blank now. What is he on? He, play, he, he, okay, that's Vikings, what I he catches seven passes for 175 yards and a touchdown to go along with uh, with uh, yep. uh, Cook's 22 carries for 181 yards and a touchdown too. Yet they still couldn't pull it off. They couldn't. But remember what I said about that? Where and they did blow it late. Of I course, Titans scored late. Remember what I said when the spreads yep. don't make sense. Vegas knows you got to go with the game that the illogical bet, and you just do it because it's yep. like something's off. That was that game. That That's a microcosm of Vegas knows more than you. And when you look at the line being wrong and take the approach, oh, this line's just wrong, yep. usually you're wrong as the better. And Vegas is just very smart. So that game goes the plus two and a half. You're the winner if you yep. got the Vikings. Um, but, yeah, listen, they did bounce back. It was a game they had to yep. play better, and Cousins did, and they, they scored a lot. And this time the defense let them down, and they lost to a good team. I mean, let's face it, yep. the Titans are a good team. Um but if you're going to go around the league and we're going to go ugly, the Jets are just like the Jets are the, the, the listen, the Jets are the person that's born ugly and yep. that they're just ugly. It's so obvious. You don't want to pick on it every week. Yep. We could go there every week. If we're going to go with another ugly, it's got to be the fact that the New yep. York Giants who share a stadium and maybe they should burn <laughs> the stadium down lost to a San Francisco team all backups. With all backups. Yep. They didn't just lose. They got blown out to a backup yep. football team, a backup quarterback, backup defensive end, backup, backup running receivers, back, yep. backup running yep. backs, backup and backup tight ends, backup tight ends. But even worse than backup tight ends, the, the backup tight end, Jordan Reed, who's a good player, yep. got hurt in the game. So they were on their third and yep. fourth string tight ends. I mean, and they beat the yeah. snot out of them 36 to nine, which for those of you who are, you know, in this area where I'm at, New Jersey and. 90% of the state is divided between New York and yep. Jet and Giant lines. The combination of loss yesterday was uh, 72 I mean, to that's 16. Just ugly. That's just so, ugly. Uh, so there is not – you couldn't merge these two teams together and have a decent yeah, football yeah. team right now. So that's, that's, There's, that's there's nothing worse. And then if we go with yep. ugly part two, ugly part two has got to be Carson Wentz. <laughs> I mean, you get, the, you get the Bengals in your home stadium. I know there's no fans. You're 0-2. You get the Bengals in your home stadium. You just watched the Bengal defense get torched by Baker Mayfield. And you go 29 of 47, which is barely 50% for you math majors out there. 225, a touchdown, two picks, critical mistakes. Can't can't beat the bat. You you almost worse than losing. Uh, I think that's worse. I mean, it's almost worse than losing. And 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 you both leave town 0-2 and 1. But if you're the Eagles, you actually had aspirations of being decent. And now you're o two and one, and if you can't beat the Bengals at home, who exactly are you waiting on getting at your home you know field it. to win? Um, you know, certainly, certainly not going to San Francisco or Pittsburgh the coming two weeks. Certainly not Baltimore at home. Maybe yeah. it looks like Week Seven against the Giants at home. That might be the chance that the Eagles yep. get their first win. So for all you Philadelphia fans, Week Seven on a Thursday night against the even worse New York Giants <laughs> might be your first win. So wow, wow, is that bad? You know, so and Carson Wentz is starting. I mean, if there was fans in the stadium, he'd be getting booed out of the stadium because this is starting to become unacceptable yep. and a pattern yep. for him. So, you know, listen, it's uh, it's interesting, but that would be well, as, ugly. Well, as much as you say, uh, and, and I agree with you, especially about the Jets and Giants being ugly. But, you know, is it wrong that I'm a diehard Jets fan and it's the second week in a row that I bet against them and won money? I mean, is that wrong? 
No, you'd be you'd be a smart smart fan. Why do you have to suffer at the at the in your pocketbook as well as uh, in, in? I mean, uh, I I, I think so, it, no, at this smart, pace, smart. the uh, the Jets may pay for my kids' college. So uh, so keep doing what you're doing, Jets. But I want to throw one other uh, award out there, so to speak, and it's the Bonehead of the Week award. And this goes to a guy that I I truly believe he's going to be the next great wide receiver. And I kind of think that we and our, you and I are on the same page. DJ Metcalf, you know the guy that. The guy with his <laughs> with his point point zero zero one percent body fat. I mean, I don't even think his body has any fat. He's running for a, a, a nice touchdown, and what happens? He decides, ah, I'm just going to relax as I'm strolling into the end zone. Before he gets to the end zone, the ball is knocked out of his hands from a guy sprinting from behind, mm-hmm. goes out of the end zone for a touchback. I mean, really? What 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 is wrong with people? You know, I mean, just stop doing bonehead things like that. Yeah, no, I saw that. And I just observed something kind of funny that I want to share real quickly with you. I know the Jets this week are playing the Denver Broncos. So really bad team meets really embarrassing (laughs) franchise, right? And and Denver Denver has, you know, backup quarterback and they're not good, but they're competitive. I mean, they have a better coach and they're going to be more competitive and what have you. The game is on a Thursday night. Uh, The Jets will probably be without... Right. So sorry to the national audience who stuck with this game, <laughs> but the, the, the jets are, are still with, you know, their fourth, fifth and sixth yep. string receivers and they're banged up, whatever. But I observed something as I look at the schedule and this is kind of funny. I look at it. I look to the right of the game and it says tickets, tickets as low as $38. <laughs> Does somebody not know that they're not allowed to have fans at that live stadium? There's no tickets folks. Don't buy the ticket for 38. Cause you overpaid yeah, 38 bucks. I mean, even if you wanted to see this garbage product, seriously. you can't, do it so i don't know how they have uh ticket sites trying to advertise tickets don't do it who the heck so, knows that's a, that's my that's my public uh, service announcement don't buy the tickets yeah, you i can't appreciate get that that's that's a good reminder to people let's 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 move on to baseball and i want to congratulate you and do you know why i want to congratulate you because i know everything about that baseball. is not the reason i want to congratulate you because your <laughs> mets finished at 26 and 34 and my Orioles finished at 25 and 35. So you officially your team which was supposed to be halfway decent beat my team which is supposed to be the worst by one game. So congratulations to you on that. All right. So I got to stop. Oh, here we go. Quick. Here we go. So I got to stop. No, the Mets are a disaster. <laughs> they, so the Mets the Mets the Mets played 60 games and I can tell you and I don't know if we have any Met, Met fan listeners out there. But what I can tell you is we would have, as a, as, an, or as a fan base, we would have trade, traded all 26 of our wins to go 0-60 to get the Wilpons out as owners. Right. So I look at this season as a success because we finally have a new ownership group that's about true. to take over. So that's my that's that's how I can I can try to tell myself this season that's was true. a success. Lucky you. But how bad yeah. How bad are the Orioles that they finished a game behind the Mets and everybody in New York is saying the Mets were the most embarrassing <laughs> franchise this year? That, 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 that's got to be – I mean, like the Mets on every cover of every paper and every article is like what a disaster joke of a season that they couldn't make a playoff where half the yeah. league makes it. And we still beat the red-hot <laughs> Orioles who started the season like 12-3 and three well, by a game. So that just well, let, let me just Orioles. show you how bad the perspective is. If you if you look at the Baltimore papers, it all says the same thing, and they commend Brandon Hyde, who's the co the manager, of doing a really great job this year. Well, no, they should. I mean, I'm making a joke at the Orioles' expense because they're so bad. But it compares and contrasts the New York media, which is always tough anyway. But the Mets deserve every bit of yeah. the abuse they're getting. But the Orioles, I mean, I was half joking when I said they'd be trying to get to their 10th win. I mean, what was their over-under? Probably 20, it was, 19? It was 19. So they did yeah, they were, they were overachievers, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so they did overachieve. They did a good job. Listen, I mean, if you project out 162 games, this this may have been a 70-win yeah, yeah, Oriole team. Yeah. I mean, come on. 70 and 92. It's a, that's a, probably that's a huge improvement. Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess in, in that sense, it's right. But you know, it's, it's with, with the Orioles, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Their hitting is, is decent. Their hitting actually was pretty good. They've got some really exciting young players. Their pitching is still terrible and it's been terrible since their, yeah. their last world series, which was uh 1983. So it's been a while. 
it's been a while, but, uh, you know, so, <laughs> so I don't know if you've done any research. I mean, you, you, you think that you know everything, but, uh, you know, I personally don't think there should be any awards given out this year, but I know that there will be. And so I wanted to kind of touch on the Cy Young and the MVP award. And, uh, I mean, I, I see, see right, your it. thoughts and see my thoughts. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we go by, by league, you pick one in the, in one league, I pick in the other league. And then we, we kind of discuss from there. If you've got that information, it's, it's your call. Yeah. 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 So AL, I mean, I agree with you. It's a 60 game season and, and there really shouldn't be awards, yep. but they're going to give them out. So we'll, we'll make our, we'll make our picks. AL, I'll go with the easiest ones to me. The AL Cy Young. Hands down. Hey, I mean, is it even um, a competition? There? I, I mean, it's not, it's a unanimous. No, it's not. I mean, he's got eight wins. He's got a one, six, three ERA. He led the league in uh, strikeouts. I mean, he, that's the, uh, the triple crown of pitching, right? Yeah wins ERA and strikeouts. So he's, it's, it's a no brainer. He should get every first place vote. That's the easy one. I think the AL um, MVP, I mean, now you're getting into a little bit of, you know, I always think the forget the 60 game versus the normal season. The MVP is always a different argument in terms of, is it really the best player? Cause they should change the name to the best player versus the MVP, which in, you know, infers you were yep. so valuable yep. to your team. But then how do you quantify that? Do you quantify that, that you, you know, I know, I know some people that when they vote, they seem to only want to vote MVPs based on a yep. team made the playoffs, because how valuable could you be if you didn't even take yep. your team to the playoffs? So, you know, there's always different schools of thought, but I'll go, I'll go with one that I think puts it all together, which is uh, a team that overachieved, made the playoffs, and he had a monster year, which yep. is Jose Abreu. Yep. Um, 317, 19 homers, 60 RBIs, second in homers, first in RBIs, great season, and they made the playoffs. So that's my <clears throat> AL. What about you for AL? We know Bieber. You know so what? The crazy thing this? is I, I'm, I'm exactly the same as you. I'm exactly the same as you. Jose Abreu just put it all together. And I thought the, 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 the craziest thing about that, you know, not only did he bat 321, number one in RBIs, he was also, he also led the majors in hits and total bases and uh, his 60 RBIs he did in 55 games. So whenever you have more RBIs yes. than games, I don't care how many games it is. That's, that's pretty serious. So, so I'm, I'm, I a hundred percent agreement with that. Now, when I, when I look at my Cy Young pick for the NL, you know, I, I know you were, you were intent on getting a three peak going, but it's, it's, uh, he's not, he had a nice season as he always does. But the fact of the matter is, and this guy just made an unbelievable comeback. Mr. Uh, you Darvish eight and three, more than a, uh, a strikeout an inning whip under one ERA 2.01. I mean, this guy just, I mean, I, I think everybody thought he was done and then he comes back and he puts together this kind of a season. I think it's just, it's incredible. And I think he's one of the main reasons why they got the number three seed in, in the NL, you know? And uh, so I was really impressed with him. And then NL, I'm kind of looking at it from the same perspective as the AL. And I look at a guy that's uh, he was number one in home runs, number one in RBIs, number one in total bases. And he threw in a, a 430 on base percentage. And uh, batting 335 with 17 home runs, 55 RBIs, out of nowhere, Marcel Ozuna. So those are my uh, my mm. picks for those two guys. What are what are your thoughts on the NL? All right, so I disagree with wow. both of your picks. There, we'll be diff- we'll be different. We'll be different in the NL, but we were right on in the AL. Which okay, I think the AL was a little bit more obvious to be honest. Right, the pitcher was so yes. obvious, and even. I think I think um, I think uh, Abreu was pretty obvious, and I think it'll bear out in the real voting that those two are pretty big runaways. Um, in the NL, I'm gonna go a little bit I'm gonna go a little bit different, but I'm gonna give it to somebody who I think is it's kind of my LeBron James argument about you could give it to this guy every year. I think this guy's never won one, and he deserves one. And so whether it's this year or another year, he just deserves one, and that's Freddie Freeman as the NL. Uh, MVP. Um, he's just so yeah. consistent. 341 average. His home runs, I'm not going to put that much stock in home runs in a 60-game season. He hit 13, which is fine, but he's 53 RBIs, which means he's hitting a million doubles. He's doing everything he should do. He anchors a team that, again, won the division. Um, he's the best player on what I would argue is either the best or second-best yep. team in the NL. Um, and so 462 on base yep. is staggering. 11, uh, 11.02 OPS. I mean, the guy yeah, is just amazing. Yeah. So to me, uh, when I think of MVPs, and maybe it's because as a Met fan, I watch him kill the Mets every yeah. every time they play. 
But to me, there's no better player in, in, in the National League than Freddie Freeman. And then for um, the Cy Young, I think you Dar. I think you're right about you Darvish getting an award. I think it'll be comeback yep. player of the year. I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be uh, Cy Young. I think he had a good year, but he tailed off at the end. And I think the guy who came out gangbusters at the end to solidify what I think will be a fairly comfortable win will be Trevor Bauer of the Reds. Um, forget the win loss record. We know with DeGrom yep. the last two years, the win losses for the young crowd and the young voters yep. doesn't matter. So he's five and five and four, but one seven three ERA, hundred Ks, point seven nine yep. WHIP, um, and and he took his team to the playoffs where he had to be the best pitcher on a team yep. that's not that good. So uh, I just think you know he closed out the season with I think fifteen innings, three earned runs combined, or you can go even to his last four starts was just yep. really good. Um, so I think he'll end up closing the deal and winning it. But I think that race is closer. And I think obviously I'm probably wrong on the NL MVP. It probably won't go to Freddie Freeman, but I think that could be a race where I don't know how many people cast votes, but I could see like 10 guys getting you know, first place votes. That's just well, going to be all over the map. You know, yeah, you, let me, let me just prefer. say, let me just say when I was, when I was contemplating who I would pick, it was, it was between those two for the Cy Young and the MVP. So I don't think you can go wrong either way. I think those four guys just had, yeah. had crazy, crazy 60 game seasons. So, uh, you know, whatever yeah. happens, I'm perfectly, I'm perfectly okay with, perfectly okay with. So let's yeah. – uh, lots of sports, man. I, I love this time of year. There's so much good sports going on. But let's get into a little uh, a little politics. And, uh, you know, I, you know, the biggest news, obviously, is the, the Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett. Um, you know, and, and the big question that, that I think we need to talk about is, is who is she? And do her qualifications make her a good pick? What will the hearings be like? You know, I know that the Republicans are really trying to push her through really quickly. The Democrats are trying to do everything they can to, to hold this thing up, hoping that they get Biden in the office. What, what, give us a preview for, for what this is going to be like and, and, and tell us from your perspective, you know, is she a good candidate? Is she not a good candidate? What, what do we have? Ex- what can we expect from for what's coming up? Well, I mean, is she qualified? I mean, that's that's not even right. a conversation that needs to, you know, really needs to get into. She's highly qualified. She has on both sides of the Democrat and Republican aisle. She can probably produce, you know, 10,000 letters of recommendation and support on both sides of the aisle for yep. is she qualified for the for the role. So unfortunately, in the last probably five or six uh, nominations for Supreme Court qualifications have not been um, have not outweighed the political sphere and circus that is now appointing uh, Supreme yep. Court justices. So that it's become too political. It shouldn't be the whole checks and balances in our country of having the three distinct branches. Um, and then the judiciary body is supposed to eliminate the political side of it and it just be qualifications, but it's not. Um, so yeah, she's highly, yep. highly qualified. Um, she she's probably ironically and this is what happens when you have you know a senate and a president of the same party she's probably the exact opposite of who she's going to replace ruth bader ginsburg in terms of her um her stance on being what you'll hear often referred to as a textualist somebody who looks at the constitution not as a moving object but as a you know something that's concrete in stone and you don't move the goalposts to align your beliefs with it you look and take the constitution as written and then cast your decisions yeah. based on it so she's what is often referred to as a textualist she's going to be very different than Ruth Bader Ginsburg but ironically she's got such a nice background nice storyline in terms of she's the first she would be the first non Ivy League uh, supreme yep. court justice um, she went to Notre Dame Law School, so she's always gonna have a little of place course. in my heart. A of golden course. domer there. Um, forty-eight years old, seven children, ranging in age all the way down to I believe yep. a first grader, all the way up to a high schooler. So you're talking about the first working, working mom as a Supreme yep. Court justice uh, with young, with young yep. children. I should say is what I meant. Um, so I mean, like her story is incredible. Um, there's nothing really there. But then the bigger picture is what is it going to look like? What is the circus yep. going to be like? I mean, it's going to be that it's going to be a circus. It's they're going to the Republicans are trying to, you know, get her in real quick. 
um, which is their prerogative, but I'm sure it's not going to sit well with Democrats. Democrats, you know, are going to either take one of two approaches. And I think they're still strategizing to this, to this moment on the approach. Do they just go after her personally in the Kavanaugh stance, which I think just wasn't good right. for the country and just was so so ridiculous to go after somebody yep. personally digging up everything and what have you she's going to be a little bit more difficult to do that with right she's a i think a woman which always makes people be a little more leery of just going crazy personal attacks right women tend to come off as more of like a sympathetic figure yep. to do that to she's got seven children she's She's a devout Catholic. Like they, I'm sure they're the Democrats are thinking, do they go hardcore after religion? That doesn't sit well with a lot of people. They're going to go after a, a working mom. That doesn't necessarily sit well and isn't going to pull well with the country. Um, should they probably just go after the idea that this is a bogus appointment? He, Trump shouldn't. Yes, he's a. They should come out and probably say, is he allowed to do it? Yes. Should he do it? No. It's too polarizing yep. of a country. Uh, the country's too polarized. He's he's only got 45 more days in office uh, or whatever the countdown is, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, being on the ballot for another election. So he's not guaranteed right. to be able to win. Um, and they should probably stick to that and come across as more like reasonable in terms of that approach. But I think they can't help themselves. They're going to go character assassination. They're going to go religious assassination. They're going to I've heard people dr drumming up the idea that she adopted two kids from Haiti and somehow that's like a bad thing and there was ulterior yeah. motives. I mean, some real yeah. gross stuff. Um, so they, they may go in all those directions because that they, they might. And if they do, it, none of it's going to matter other than to just assassinate a 48-year-old woman that's highly, highly qualified with a great background and a great story. None of it's going to matter. She's going to get yeah. confirmed. I mean, they yep. can't stop it. So it's just probably not a wise move for them to do that because it's not going to sit well right before the election to just bury a 48-year-old woman that's yeah. highly qualified. It's just, it's not going to sit well with some of the country and the parts of the country it is going to sit well with isn't going to matter. So if I was, you know, if I was giving them a playbook of how to handle this, I would say beat up Trump yep. for doing it, beat up the Republicans for being hypocrites, but don't beat her up because she had yeah. nothing to do with it and it's not going to pull well or sit well with the country. That would be my advice. I don't know yeah. what they're going to do, but I feel bad for the woman because Amy Coney Barrett, just like Kavanaugh and just like even Gorsuch yep. before that, if you look at if you look at the votes and how they get confirmed, I mean, you can see that Democrats do not want to confirm Republican appointees yep. uh, nominations. Right. They just don't. They, they really, really don't want to do it. Kavanaugh, 50 to 48, and we know the circus that was. Gorsuch, 54, 45, pretty much down party lines. And you go back to the two previous Democrat, uh, uh, President Obama nominations, Kagan and Sotomayor, uh, 63, 37, 68, 31, much more bipartisan support. You can see not full bipartisan yep. support but not even close to not getting not, uh, uh, confirmed. So you could see that I think the Republicans, if you want to say anything, they're all big hypocrites. But it seems like when, an, when a qualified person gets nominated, even by a Democrat yeah. president, they're much more likely to be accepted as we may not agree with this person's stance on things, but they're qualified. And all we're supposed to be doing is yep. are they qualified? Yes. If they're qualified, they deserve to be appointed, even if you don't like it. Um, but you can see, and then you go back to uh, Samuel Alito under President George W. Bush, 58 yeah. to 42. I mean, you can see a pattern 20 years now where a Republican president nominates somebody and the Democrats just That's don't right. want to confirm That's it. Right. Um, you can see it. The numbers are there versus, you know, the flip side. So I'm not saying I think it's gotten too polarized even with the Republicans because 6337 and 6831 is not overwhelming support right. on both sides. But we've got we even that has become too politicized and polarized so but yeah. it's a long answer to say i think there'll be a bit of a circus and i think the democrats have to be careful if they stay on message and just say trump is a uh shouldn't have done this and he shouldn't have done it 45 days out 
or they could attack the Senate and say, well, he can nominate, but they shouldn't confirm. Remember Merrick Garland? Nobody wanted to confirm. I think they should stick to that. That'll pull much better in the country than just attacking Amy Coney Barrett for being a devout Catholic, having seven kids, adopting two from Haiti. I mean, none of that should be attacked. And she's got a a seemingly a flawless reputation and an impeccable an impeccable um, career personally yep. and professionally. So she's just not the right. No. Woman and, and, and I agree with you. And, and I agree with what you're saying is what, what they should do. But from what I've seen with, with that side, I don't think they can. I think that their approach is just, Hey, we need to make this person look as bad as possible, no matter what. And look what they did to, to Brett Kavanaugh's life. And now they're going to try to destroy this woman's life. Why? Because, She's a nominee and she's a Republican. I mean, that's why you're going to destroy her life. I just I think it's disgusting. I think I think the way that they should do it is exactly what you said, you know, because it is going to happen. You can't stop it. I mean, I'm hearing the Republicans have the votes, so there's nothing you can do. So make yourself look good instead of making yourself look horrible. That's definitely the best advice. I, I think they're split. I do think they're split in how to handle it. And I think some of I think some of the behind the scenes infighting with the Democrats is, you know, he's got the votes and we can't stop it. I'm sure there's some adults in that room saying, I don't think it's going to sit well to crucify yeah. this lady and to just go after her personally. So maybe we back off on that and just do what they love to do, which is crucify Trump. And go after the Senate for confirming. I think that's just a better message, well, and and I do think there's going to be some of them that take that approach. But yeah. the 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 very left side of the Democrat Party is not going to be able to help themselves. Those people are going to go after her. Um, there's no doubt. For sure. So you'll see a combination. There's no doubt. Well, we'll see. I mean, I know that's still a little bit of time off. I think it's a couple of weeks off. But but something that's not a couple of weeks off is, uh, and I know you're getting excited. We're all getting excited about it. Is uh, tomorrow night's debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. So what what what's going to happen with this? I know, you know, with Trump you never know where he's going to go and and what's Joe going to be like? Is he going to have a big gaffe on the national stage and you know, I mean, how's he going to react to everything? What what do you think? What are your thoughts about what's going to happen tomorrow night during this this incredible expected anticipated debate? So, I'm going to shock you when I say yeah. this probably. But I actually think Biden's going to win this debate. Really? And I'll tell you and I'll tell you why. Here's why. First of all, the bar has been set so low for him. Right. And so a lot of who wins a debate, because there's not an actual winner and loser. Right. There's no quantify. You can't quantify it. If if you lean right, you're going to probably think Trump is making more. Um, cogent point. If you lean left, you're going to think Biden is. So we know that it's extremely, extremely subjective as to who wins a debate. So what I think is going to tip the scales in Biden's yeah. favor is in the last six months, all you've heard is he's like he's like a walking dead man in terms of his energy level, in terms of his appearances, in terms of his ability to read off a prompter. Like all you hear is right. that kind of stuff. So I think his bar is so low that if he goes out there for 90 minutes and makes some decent points, keeps his basically keeps his um, it keeps in line with um, sticking on probably five or six key messages that he needs to say. And if he just doesn't have like a ton of just lapses where he loses trains of thought, which can happen to anybody, but he definitely seems like somebody who has happens to have it happen more. I think he's going to, in the public perception, be like wow he did an excellent job and i think and i think trump who's known as being fiery and in your face and going to be you know real like demeaning and stuff like that i don't think if biden keeps his cool and stays generally okay in terms of his um of his tone and all that i don't think it's going to like play that well on tv so i could see trump being labeled a bully after the debate and Biden being labeled exceedingly, you know, exceedingly outperforming his expectations. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Well, that, that's what I think is going to happen. I, I, I don't obviously we'll see how it plays out. I got to tell you, though, the way these debates yeah. have become, I, I wasn't a fan of watching the, the Trump right. Hillary Clinton debates just because I do think Trump has a cringeworthiness of how he does yep. things at times yep. that I don't love. 
And I think I, I don't, so I, I'm not like overly excited to watch them. I'll watch them because we're doing this podcast and I need to, I need to see, you know, an X amount of it to yep. be able to talk about it. But like, I'm not like dying to watch it. To be no, honest. I hear you. I hear you. And the, the thing that, the thing that I want to see and, and what I'm truly, truly looking forward to is, is a couple things. One is, is Biden going to be able to keep his cool? That's one. And then from the other perspective, is Trump going to not come across as just a huge bully and just bash Biden the whole time? That's what I want to see what happens. And if he does, how is Biden going to react? And is Trump going to get defensive? This, I mean, this thing could be ugly. This could be really, really ugly. Um, Yeah, it it can be. And it probably will be. And I'm pretty positive if I was putting to take a sports term and throw it into a debate, if I was putting an over under of how many times Joe Biden, I'm sure, has been coached to say this and will say, well, no, man, that's a lie. Donald Trump, you got to stop lying to American people. Come on. Come on, Donald Trump. You got to stop lying. I guarantee you he's been told to say to literally say you are lying or you are lying to the American people or that's another lie. He's going to say some variation of that. And I'll set the over under at oh 11. My God. He's going to say it that many times because he's been told to say it. And so he's going to work it into almost every time he speaks, he's going to say that. Wow. And that's going to be his almost opening line to whatever, whatever topic they talk yep. about when they have in their give and take. I'm sure that's he's either going to interject it in the middle or he's going to quietly wait for Trump to finish because he might do that and then lead with it. But he's going to say it so many times because that's what he's been told to do. And I think they think it's going to play well for him. And uh, and it's going to allow him to get his train of thought before he says whatever he's going yep. to say. So I think you're going to see him do that like an absurd amount of times. So get look look out look out for that. I think interesting, kind of... interesting. Well, I mean, listen, it's it, if nothing else, I think it's going to be quite entertaining, and I definitely look forward to uh, to seeing it. A um, couple other things that I wanted to just just talk about really quick, and there's 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 so many other things that we can't talk about, and I'll I'll save a bunch of them for uh, for Thursday. But did you hear the story about Joe Montana? Joe Montana, my favorite NFL quarterback of all time, also Golden Domer. Golden Domer's in the news these days, yep. big time. And Joe, yes, Joe Montana. I didn't really get all of it shared with me, but I know he saved his. Top yeah, like, uh, yeah, his yeah. Daughter. Supposedly he's just uh, he's just sitting there with his with his uh, his wife, and I guess their granddaughter was over, and she was probably I don't know if she was in the other room asleep or whatever. But I I, I don't know how they saw it, but somehow they saw there was a woman that that broke into their house, and had the granddaughter. And he actually basically got up and kind of saved his granddaughter from this woman. And they called the police and the police came and arrested this woman. So, uh, yeah, so he, he's a hero. Joe Montana, he's, he's hey. more than just a great football player. He is a, uh, he is a hero, a family hero. That's what this guy is. It's very impressive what he did. Hey, that's awesome. And for anybody <laughs> under the age of 35, they now only know Joe Montana as the uh, – <laughs> Baby saving uh, <laughs> uh, hero and have no idea, and then and then they now have discovered as they click on him. Oh man, he was well, you, good you know what's funny? Cool. That reminds me of a, of a really funny, a really funny story that I read, and uh, it was it was a few years ago. Uh, Kanye West, who obviously is a, is a big name in, in rap uh, and the Kardashian clan, but he he put out a song with Paul McCartney, and I can remember reading some things from people, and they're like. Oh my God! I can't. Kanye West is is uh, it's cool that he's bringing on this guy Paul McCartney. He's really gonna make. He's really gonna turn Paul McCartney's career into something great. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, um, yeah, okay, all right, let's just move on. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, oh, I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Listen, I always joke with you. We are in the Jeez. age of more information than oh you can ever God. possibly imagine, and all the <sighs> information at your fingertips. Yet we are the stupidest, stupidest, people, right? Stupidest, stupidest people, but have the most information at our fingertips. It's a tough combo, but we manage. I mean, to do it's it, like so. uh, he was a friggin' beetle, for God's sakes. I mean, come on. I mean, our arguably will be the arguably the the most successful musician ever. But anyway, we won't get into that. And I just wanted to say, uh, rest in peace to the great Gale. Sayers, who uh, who finally succumbed to his bout with uh, with dementia. I don't know if you knew this about Gale Sayers, but you, you know he only played four and a half full seasons. 
I did. Yeah, I knew he had a very short career. I didn't. Know yeah, that, yeah. Didn't Literally, know his that. his last two years that he played were uh, he only played two games in each because he was just in such bad shape. So technically speaking, his career was over at age twenty six, and uh, he, they still thought highly enough of him to to get him in the Hall of Fame. And he was a great Hall of Famer, a great guy. And I know he did a lot for for the Bears and the uh, the city of Chicago. And and he was great in that uh, Brian Piccolo movie uh, about their friendship and everything. And so uh, definitely a guy that's uh, that's sorely missed. And then I, I know you're not a TV guy, but I wanted to just throw a couple of my own frustrations out there. All right. Every time I'm on, I want to say it's Instagram. I keep seeing these advertisements for all these shows. You know, it's like it's like Kiefer Sutherland is back and he plays like a spy. And I'm like, oh, that's the only role he ever plays. But I wanted to look into that. And then, <laughs> so it's this network called Quibi, Q-U-I-B-I. Right. And I keep. I keep seeing all these great they, – they look like fantastic shows popping up. I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. So I went on my Amazon uh, Fire Stick because I could just pull any show from any network, which is the greatest thing ever. And so I type in this this thing, and I'm doing a search for it. And it comes up with the episodes, and the first episode is eight minutes long. And there's like there's like three dozen choices for all these different websites you can go to. And each one is eight minutes. And I'm like, what the heck is this? This is, this is ridiculous. I don't want to watch an eight minute episode. So the season is like, season's like 13 minutes, 13 episodes long. Right. So it turns out Quibi, each episode is eight minutes long. So technically you're just, I mean, you're just watching a movie. That's what it comes down to. And uh, which I guess is okay. But I looked at that and I'm like, I'm like, come on, this is ridiculous. I want my hour episode so I can really get into it and all this other stuff. And so, you know, I turned back to, to my Netflix and my, my Amazon, even my Apple plus, and now I'm really upset at those because, you know, the best thing about those was that you could just binge watch, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, the season comes out. One of the, one of the shows I'm watching is called The Boys, right, on Amazon. And it's about a bunch of superhero types. And last season it came out and boom, you just, you just basically watch it in a weekend because it's, it's just that addicting. But this year it's actually a new episode every Friday. And it's driving, nice. it's driving me crazy. I'm like, that's not what I want. So I'm watching. You don't want that. I'm watching The Barrier on Netflix. I'm watching The Boys on Amazon, and I'm watching Apple TV. And I think I, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, a show called Ted Lasso, which is, which is now my favorite. I think it's fantastic. I have to wait a whole week before I watch the next episode. That's not what I'm paying for. So Netflix, Amazon, Apple. I want my friggin' money back because that's not what I signed up for. All right. So I'm just I'm just saying I'm just putting it out there. But I am exciting because I am excited because this weekend uh, the Walking Dead comes back. The new Walking Dead show show comes back. And I actually started a new show called Utopia on Amazon. And this one is I can just binge watch this. Thank God. And this one is is crazy. It's about kind of like a like a comic book that predicts the future. And uh, it, it's, it's actually, it's actually, it's not even, it's not a comic book, a, a graphic novel, excuse me. It's really fantastic. It's really, it's really gory. It's, it's, I'm really enjoying it. Oh man, it. we could, we couldn't have more opposite taste and all this Well, you stuff, don't even, so. you don't even watch TV. That's why I'm mentioning, I mean, you're probably still stuck on episode four of Cobra Kai. At 100% episode five on the way. I mean, dude, exactly. get, get off. I, I don't watch TV. I got three kids under the age of eight. Yeah, they go There's to not time yeah, for that. They go to sleep at like 630 at night. Come on. You got hours and hours at night. 630. Listen, oh, take, do, do me a favor. Get a pair of pants out from your drawer. Wear them when you get home. All right. Wear some pants in your household and say to your wife, say, Raina, we're watching what I want to watch. We're watching some Cobra Kai None of this home and garden stuff. All right. I'm the man of the house. You need to do what I say and put your foot down. Sound, put your foot down. It sounds like it sounds like you just did tell her that. So when I, <laughs> when, I, when she gets to this episode in about a week or two at the rate she's going, we'll have that discussion. Until then, I'll say, hey, did you hear what Darren told you? <laughs> yeah, well, let, let's I hear you. Let's be up. Let, let's let's just let's just be honest. In a week or two, you're still going to be stuck on episode four. Uh, no, I'm gonna really, really. I, so, so the truth of the matter is, I would be where I'd watch more of it. Um, it when All Stars and all this ends with baseball, I've just been coming home late and not been locked in. But I'm gonna start watching it. I got to get through one more week, and I'm gonna get through season one quick. I, I, I mean, come I'm gonna on, come on. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Give me, give me a week. I got to get through this this last week, and I get a lot more free time back. All right, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna give you a pass. 
and then uh, by, by week six, uh, by episode uh, maybe 17 or 18, I'm going to totally get on your case again because I know you won't have watched it. No, 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 I will. I will. Look, I put it in. Look, I'm, I'm doing a podcast. I'm putting my word out there. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to. You're going to come back to this episode. I'm going to get through season one of Cobra Kai in two weeks. I just need to get through this week where I'm not going to watch any. All right. And then I got to catch up. All right. All right. That's I, it. You heard it here. All right. I believe you. Well, one last thing that I just want to say before we go. Congratulations uh, on our NFL picks that we made on uh, on the last podcast. Going into tonight, we're five for five. That's pretty impressive. Uh, we're crushing it. That's, we're crushing it. Impressive. Five for five. Crushing it. We both got, got our knockout wins. I took the Bucks. You took the, uh, the Colts. Yep. That was the easiest one of all. Yep. So we'll come back at it Thursday with our NFL knockout picks. We'll preview. I know baseball will be a couple days in, but um, I think it'll still be early enough for us to make our World Series picks. Yep. And we'll do college pro. We'll do a little craziness going on in the political world. We'll do, and then obviously we'll spend a chunk of time on the uh, Trump Biden debate one. So that'll be a fun show. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a lot to talk about. We'll uh, we'll have to. It's probably going to go a little more politics. I know we've been heavy on sports lately, which is good because we're just both big football fans, and it's exciting. So, so all good stuff. So uh, thank you all for joining us. Hope everybody has a, a great couple of days. We we'll look forward to seeing you back here in a few days on Fill in the Mic. Take care, everyone.